Welcome to Meg Talks, the Move with Meg podcast. I'm Megan Kerrigan and I'll be sharing ideas on how you can become a more consistent and confident dancer that understands your body and mind. Hello and welcome to another episode of Meg Talks. This is our second episode of 2024. So if you haven't listened to our previous one, it is all about the All Islands and just sort of my experiences and my hints and tips to making sure that you get the most out of yourself at the All Islands. Today, I have a lovely guest with me. I love guest episodes because we get to chat, I get to pick their brains. And we have none other than our Move With Meg coach, Rachel O'Meara Curran with us today. So welcome, Rach. Hi, thanks for having me. This is my first podcast well, experience ever. Be your first first of many. Who, who knows? You might be a podcaster after this. <laughs> so a little bit about Rachel. She is, of course, our yoga instructor in the Gold Club and our stretch instructor, and also one of our one to one coaches too. A lot of you might not know that myself and Rachel were actually in the same age group, so we go way back even probably before we knew each other's names, would recognize each other's faces or dresses and stuff like that. So that's pretty cute. Makes me feel a bit nostalgic and sort of, it's a nice feeling, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Rachel, you did super well in competition, Ulster champion, world medal holder, top five in the Great Britain's all Scotland's Irish nationals, all the majors really. Top 10 in the All-Islands, which we'll touch upon because I might steal some of your All-Island advice or experience. Then went on to, and um, you can tell us the order in a little while, but went on to be in loads of different shows, including doing lead in Lord of the Dance, which is pretty cool. I know you've been in Titanic Dance, Irish mm -hmm. Celtic. What am I missing? I have been in Celtic Legends as well. Very good. Yeah. So there you go. All the show experience as well. And then you are also a teacher and a yoga instructor. So pretty big, like... <laughs> big CV there with lots to talk about. So I'm excited to get into this and also to sort of understand what we can learn or what you sort of pull together from all of those different experiences and the advice that you can give to our Move With Meg podcast listeners. So I suppose to begin with, let's take it back, back, back. And I'm allowed to say that because I'm the same age. <laughs> back, back, back to like competitive days, like talk us through your competitive experience when you started how you sort of progress through um, the different levels and then like a little bit about all your accolades really, all those things that I mentioned earlier. Perfect. So I actually started dancing when I was three years old and it was just something that like I'm sure as all dancers, you just naturally kind of do. You're often like hopping and jumping about. It just makes you feel free. It makes you feel like yourself as a kid. You don't really care what you're doing or like who's watching you or if it's good or bad. You just do it for the absolute like fun and joy of it. So my mom kind of could see that I really love to dance. But at that age, I actually wanted to be a ballerina, but there were no classes around me. So I could have had a very different path if there was ballet classes in my town. But my mom knew my dance teacher and so did my granny because my mom used to dance for a bit when she was younger as well so off I was taken down to my local GAA center and into my first dance class around three or four and I just took to it like so quickly like timing 
feet turnout and placement and I just loved it and that was kind of the start of it from there. It sounds like you had that natural sort of ability for a lot of the techniques that obviously made dancing a little bit easier for you I suppose technically. Mm -hmm. I always remember that in competition like you just such a gorgeous dancer like feet and cross and all of that was just always there and it just looked effortless which obviously is what what all dancers are aiming for isn't it um we talk about that quite a lot to our clients don't we exactly and it's just funny how like everyone as a dancer has such a different experience so for me technique came really easy I did struggle with my stamina a lot that was like my biggest hurdle but actually my biggest struggle as a dancer was my mindset and my self-belief so that is what actually held me back the most and it was the biggest lesson I had to learn during my dance career. Okay we'll talk through that so when did you start going to major competitions was that still quite young after starting quite young? Yes so I think I won my first um, championship when I was like six so then I got out of my grades pretty soon after that and just yes started going to like majors as soon as I kind of could and at that age I was still young enough where I wasn't really nervous. I just kind of went up there and did my thing. I wasn't too bothered about like what anyone was doing around me. And I was kind of thriving at that point. But then like just different things happened in my own kind of personal life. And I really just got just became so nervous. The competitions struggled to believe in myself. And it just became this like constant battle and cycle that I had then for loads of my competitive years. What sort of age do you think that? kicked in for you do you feel like that was like a development thing as well we see a lot of dancers like sort of hit that early teenage year when all of a sudden you naturally start to compare a little bit more like it's that's science of us isn't it like that's the sort of age where you start looking around you're starting to want to fit in you don't want to stand out you don't want to be different really um so do you feel like it was that kind of age or do you think it was uh based on other things Definitely. I think as a girl as well, you just become a lot more self-conscious. You hear how people talk about other people. Like I think sometimes like parents and teachers forget that like kids hear everything they're, they're saying, even if they're young, they can still understand what's going on. And that has a huge impression on them and how they feel right. being in those environments as well. So like you do have to be mindful of the things that you say around your dance kids because they are taking it all in. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I'm nodding along there. Like loads of things are like pinging in my brain where I think whoa and I do still hear conversations like that at, at, com at competitions just in passing and I think oh like it's it's hard to get up there and give your all without hearing other like undermining things and they might not be directly undermining you and your ability but just planting little seeds in there that you don't even realize can really sort of impact that dancer and, and their self-belief yeah like you say moving forward when did you hit like the the peak of your dance career then? Because I mean, top five in the Great Britons, all Scotland's Irish nationals, top 10 in the All-Islands, like everyone's dreams of, of achieving things like that. When did they all kind of happen for you? It was like, honestly, such a roller coaster. It kept being like very up and down and quite inconsistent because again, my confidence and self-belief weren't there. So I couldn't show up every time as my best self because I didn't have the tools there to know how to do that so some days it would be great 
some days it would be a nightmare because I would be getting sick with nerves that morning. I wouldn't have eaten a thing. So I hadn't fueled my body to then, you know, perform on stage the way that it needed to. Yeah. So like there was those moments that I did do well and those kind of like sustained me because then I would think, okay, well, that's proof that I can do it. So like maybe at this major I can do it. And it was the only thing that really kind of kept me going. But yeah, it was a really hard process. Like I'm so glad that dancers have all of this available right now with like mindset coaching, yoga, like knowing how to regulate your nervous system Mm -hmm. on the day of a competition, learning healthy coping mechanisms, like all these things are so, so important. And I'm so glad that dancers have them now. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I, I've spoken to so many people and uh, I was actually flicking through some of the podcasts earlier. And one of the taglines from like Kira Sexton's was, Mindset is way more important than technique, everything else, because you can have all those other things and your mindset can like ruin the rest and get rid of them basically. But if you have good mindset, you can work on those other things. Yes, you can work on your mindset, but it is that staple item that you you can't achieve your goals without it. And so many people overlook it or it's the first thing to go or like you say, it's something that isn't sort of prioritized. It is getting to that now. And I think people understand it a lot more. But I just remember a lot of my, I was kind of the opposite to you, which is interesting. My, mm-hmm. when I started learning about all these uh, mechanisms and like the the mindset work, I realized I was doing so many of them myself without even knowing. So like you were speaking about breath work and regulating your central nervous system. I was doing that at the age of 11, 12, thinking that it was just me and I was really clever because I did this breathing <laughs> calm me, like. I didn't realize that those were things that like everyone was doing or even um, like I had little things that I just had to do. I would always look at my feet before I went on. So I was in my own bubble. Like there was just little things that I did that kept me calm. And it's interesting that we had such different sort of ways of that. Some people, nobody taught me that. That didn't, mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from. My mom, actually, to be fair, mom always, I think, I don't know why, she thinks everything can be fixed by a big deep breath. I mean, something <laughs> by that. She did give birth to me, so maybe they can. Yeah. But he like you could be doing anything and she'd be like big in through the nose, out through the mouth. So maybe it does come from her, actually. That's just it's definitely like because those all make impressions and like that starts to ingrain within you at a young age then and you're like, oh, I have this like coping thing that I do. I'm not really sure why I do it, but like let's just keep rolling with it, I you know? Fully had a realization there. So there was me like, I did all this myself, no an actual <laughs> mom really <clears throat> concede. So there you go. Um so transition us oh actually let's talk about the all islands while we're mentioning those i've been talking a lot recently about um solo recalls at the all islands it being a completely different kind of competition because of those solo recalls what's your experience of that i actually really used to love doing the solo recalls again because my stamina was like one of my biggest hurdles so i was like happy days like we only have like a little bit to go i can go for it so it is like such a good way for you to just step out there to go for it, to really showcase like what your talents are, what your unique ability is. And then as dancers, I think sometimes people forget that like they need to put their own personality into it. That's only something I realized whenever I did show dancing, but you can do that in competition dancing as well. And we never, I feel like that again has evolved a little bit in the competitive space because I I feel like no one was really doing that when we Uh -uh. were dancing. But recently... You do see like 
you can tell like the Emily Colangelo, like giving it a bit of sass and a little uh, Aaliyah mm-hmm. hair. Like they all give it their, they've got this, you're drawn to them, but you're also like, it is a show. It's not. Exactly. Because they know what they're good at yeah. and they know how to maximize on that and to make that their absolute strength as well, which is amazing. Yeah, it's cool to see. Surely it makes it more fun. Absolutely. I loved that when I finally settled into show dancing and got a little bit of worked out how to use my arms and my face at the same time as my legs because that took a while. But when I did, I was like, whoa, this is, it's it's acting, isn't it? It's like, it's so much more performance, whereas a lot of competition dancers find that difficult. But that has to be practiced too. It's not something that those dancers just do on the day. That is something they're practicing in class. That is something they're practicing at home. That is something that is mm-hmm. part of the particular move that they're doing at the time where they smile or maybe pout or do all whatever sort of faces. So how was your, did you transition straight from competition then into show dancing or what was your journey? When did you finish competing? Talk us through that. So... I did my first show whenever I was 16 and it was my first experience of like having to audition for something and go through like a workshop experience. Yeah. And yeah, I I just love that experience, even though again, like it did trigger a lot of my confidence and self-belief issues that I had. Yes. But I just kind of love the freedom like it there still is a lot of pressure to be on stage as a professional dancer as well but there's just a whole different energy around it of how you're able to express yourself I just got so much more enjoyment out of being in show dancing and once I had my first taste of it then at 16 I just wanted to go and do it my mom and dad did make me go to university before I went off and to do it for a couple of years which I'm so glad that they did yeah, they knew if but, you wouldn't look at you now you're still going now exactly I'm still going and like honestly I'm like a broken record every time I do a tour I'm like this is my last year I swear I'm not coming back again and then I show up at the airport and I'm like hey everyone okay, well done I feel like everybody does that though I did that for a little while too you have to it's like that you got to keep the toe in the door a little bit but also as a dancer like the lifespan of being an answer is so different and to a lot of other careers, even being a musician. So you kind of have to make the most of it while you're still able to do it as well. 100%. Yeah. And like, I feel like the less I did it. So the more I was working at home and doing other things, the more enjoyment I actually really got then when I got to set foot on stage. And, and uh, it's not that you do, you're doing it every day and you're enjoying it. But when, when you don't have that all the time, you're like, oh, I, I miss this feeling. It is like mm-hmm. a good feeling, isn't it? Definitely. And like for me, like my dream was never to be a world champion or anything or even to like place and any of those things. It was just, I was pushed because people were like, well, she's good. Like, I don't see you've got talent, like just go up there. But what I, my dream was actually to be lead and Lord of the Dance. Oh. So well, my granny brought me to see Lord of the Dance when I was six. And when I seen Bernadette Flynn, I was like, I want to be her. Like she is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And yeah, I was just like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So that was that, kind of feel like my you, journey. You get that throughout your whole competitive career. Still just didn't really have that big competitive goal, but still coast like, well, when I say coasted along, you hardly coasted along with all those achievements. But that's really interesting. 
No, I definitely did coast because I don't feel like I reached my highest potential in competition because of all of those other things that I struggled with. But being in competitive dance, it gave me that space to eventually work on my confidence and self-belief and being able to express myself. And I just felt more free being in that space than I ever had before as a dancer. So it was just a really special like moment for me, if that makes sense. That's amazing. And I suppose maybe it's just, yeah. The foundations of that competitive side of things, you you might not have got to that level in the in the show or in that performance world. So it's that's it. That's really interesting. I didn't realize that. But I also learned like a really important lesson from that as far as like my confidence and self-belief went because I thought that like when I get lead and lord of the dance like I'm finally gonna feel like I'm good enough but I didn't I still had all of those niggly doubts and things they were so present that I needed to do the inner work on myself there was nothing out here that was going to tell me that I was good enough that was something I had to decide for myself that is so weird I I listened to a podcast today I was listening to have you listened to the most recent Stephen Bartlett podcast? No, but I do listen to that podcast. It's one of my favorites. Most recent one. Oh, it might not be the most recent now I started listening last week, but today I was listening to it and he was speaking about that. People set these goals of having a six pack or mm-hmm. um, winning a race or in our in our terms, being leading Lord of the Dance. And they're all extrinsic things that... <laughs> Yes, you have to have those things to help push you. But what's the real reason? Like you wanted to do that because it you were probably searching for the confidence. So you exactly having that, you would get mm-hmm. confidence from that role. But actually, you still needed to do more work inside. Um, exactly. And that's, that's really interesting. And I think that's the same for most people. I won the world championships and I went back to class thinking there was going to be a big party and it was like, well, now you now you got to work harder. And I was like, hold on. You're like, sorry, what? Where, where did I sign up for this? And I've heard so many athletes uh, listening to lots of athletes talk or reading autobiographies that they say they've reached these greatest things that they always wanted to achieve and then they just feel a bit empty. And it's actually... Mm-hmm. Yes, it's good to have these goals, but why? And that's why I always talk to dancers about how are you going to feel? What's that going to make? Why is it important to make your parents proud? Like what what will that give you that makes it worth it? Like there's so much more to just setting a goal. But that's really interesting. Talk us through being leading Lord of the Dance then. Tell us your journey to that. So that was also a roller coaster experience. Because I auditioned to be in the show and then we were brought over to do these workshops. Did it? And they actually needed less dancers than they originally thought. So not everyone was going to be cast on the trip. So I made it into the final round, but I didn't make it on to the final trip. And I was sent home and just felt like, oh my God, is this like my dream over? Is this it? Know. Like, is this ever going to happen? I didn't know. And I was going through other like personal things. There was weird things happening with my health at the time. And I went to see like some specialists and stuff about it. And then over the course of those few months, I was given medication and stuff. And then finally had to like come back to full health again. I had this really weird moment. I'll never forget it. I was working in my retail job at the time because so I'd just gone back to work. And I was like, if Lord is a Dance like messaged me right now, 
or if they didn't message me, I think I'd be okay with it. Like I've kind of made peace with it. I went upstairs to my phone and I had an email from Lord of the Dance being like, hey, can you fly over in two weeks? Like you're on the next trip. And then that was it. Within like three weeks of joining the show, I did my first lead show. Isn't it weird? I f- Do you ever feel like those things happen? It's like if when you finally come to peace with... Exactly. If you were like, okay, I don't, that isn't... I'm not pinning my confidence. I'm not pinning my self-worth on the fact that I got in or I will get to do it or I won't ever get to do it. And then the world was like, oh, here you go. It is. It's when you like take things off a pedestal, I think, then it's kind of like, okay, you're ready for this night. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And then did you start training as for lead as soon as you sort of arrived or how did that process happen? Yeah, so they needed some leads. We were in the West End at the time and you guys were preparing for Broadway, I think. So like uh, Michael, Michael Flatley, obviously, was there again, ready for Broadway as well. So he was there for like training us in to do lead. So I got to work with him one on one and stuff as well, which was really, really cool. And what an experience. Just, I could never have like imagined it would have happened that way, you know. And I think what's what I remind myself because my journey to lead was quite the opposite like I was in the show for nearly seven years I thought never gonna happen I've tried I've tried I've tried again I'd given up completely given up and it was while we were on Broadway and I was thinking I probably won't be doing this for much longer I really wanted to go to university my parents didn't force me beforehand (laughs) in the end I still went so they were grateful for that yeah, I he Michael was there and again looking for leads and I was like, I'm not auditioning. And Erin, my friend Erin Kate, she was like, You are. I was like, I'm not. <laughs> you are. Uh, and I was she almost pushed me on the stage because I would never have done it because I'd got to the point where I was like, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. And uh yeah, I did lead that weekend. It's so crazy how fast it happens once you sort of once you're in front of the right people. But also I'm so grateful because if I had done it any other period, number one, I probably would never have done it on Broadway. Number mm-hmm. two, we got to work with Michael Flatley one-on-one, practicing to perform lead, got to perform it with him. And there'd been so many people in the span of Lord of the Dance before I had joined that hadn't even been on stage with Michael Flatley, which I just... I know. I'm so grateful that our timing allowed that. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I, don't, I, I always think about that because I'm like, whoa, loads of people did this and they didn't get to experience being around him and in his creation. So I think, yeah, that's very special. It's wild to think back on it. Like sometimes you kind of don't realize just how crazy it all is. <laughs> you definitely don't do it. Something, and it's when you're around like people who don't really know you and then they find out and they're like, what? Whoa, huh? Or you're just like, oh, yeah, when, I, when I was on Broadway, you're like, what? When I was dancing on the West End. like What I also find really mad is that I end up working with everybody that's been in Lord of the Dances. It's like, they're my people. We're just like little magnets. Like, I know. Always being drawn back to each other some way or another. Literally. So now you tell us about yoga and when that came into your life. Talk through that because you're really passionate about it. I absolutely love when you talk about it. <laughs> Yes, it is. I'm just so glad I have it in my life. It really, really has like transformed my life. And it's so dramatic. Like it has changed my life, but it actually really, really has in so many ways. But what actually started it all off was 
I learned how to meditate when I was on tour. So I worked with a coach who taught me how to meditate, who taught me how to connect with like my spiritual self. So for me, that was a huge missing piece. And connecting to that part of myself actually is what really helped me with my confidence and self-belief because it was like this little missing piece of me that I didn't even realize was there for me to connect into and just kind of like disconnect from everything around me. So then just before I left Lord of the Dance, I got a really bad injury it was Achilles tendonitis and it's one of the most painful injuries I've ever had and I just felt like I needed to take a break from everything and just from the dance world and because of my injury I couldn't really do anything physical but yeah exactly and as like a dancer you're just so used to being able to like express yourself through your body use movement as a form of like essentially moving energy of like coming back to yourself of like finding that those little pieces of joy in like everyday life. So I had in the past done like those yoga with Adrian challenges and I didn't really know anything about yoga. I thought it was just like a bit of stretching and a bit of movement. But because then I had learned how to meditate, I'd learned like more about the spiritual aspects of like being able to connect to yourself. Then when I went back to yoga, I just had this whole other like perspective and experience and connection with it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like dancers need this. They need to know like how to move in a mindful way. They need to know about like how important recovery is for the body, how important it is to know how to meditate and to regulate their nervous system. And even just that, like knowing you have this spiritual aspect of yourself that you can connect to whenever you need to as well. Yeah, I love that. And and I hear so much of like my own journey and not so much with the spiritual side of things, which is why I need you. but like I was doing a bar course and everything I did was I was it wasn't focused for dancers at all when I originally went and everything I did was like Irish dancers need this Irish dancers need this and we just constantly filling and finding what we needed as as younger dancers and younger people and if we can fulfill that then and make other dancers experience Irish dancing in a much better more positive way for the right now when they're in it but also for their futures like how cool is that (laughs) no like it's amazing I think like the reason we do what we do is because we have struggled in different ways we've learned very important lessons we have like different um tools and experiences that we can now share with other people because we want to help them as much as possible and we know how unique and how different everyone's dance journey yeah is and how important it is to find the things that work for you within that as well yeah exactly and I think that's why it's so nice to have the different personalities to help dancers so yourself myself Annabelle then Lauren's helping every now and then Olivia comes in and does a really lively bubbly <laughs> those different energies all we're all very different dancers very different experiences and we're very different hints and tips and that's why there's so many people within it as well to help all the different versions of us that are also coming up the coming at the ranks now some people respond better to like tough love some people need a lot of praise yeah some people need someone to be soft with them that is very much me I'm like it's okay it'll be fine I believe in you keep going and then some people need to be like come on I know you can do better than this like so that's why you need a different mix of like personalities and people to help 100% and I think that took me a little while to learn um originally I was like but they're not doing it the the way I do it and and my brother said to me that's the point Megan 
if it was just you, then it's just you, isn't it? Whereas like there's so many different types of people that learn in different ways. It's really important. So tell us about working in a school as well. Tell us about that. I think just like as someone who struggled when I was like a younger kid and in my teens and like, I'm not sure if we're going to want to keep this in the podcast or not. But um, when I was younger, when I was nine, I lost my brother to cancer. So that was like a huge thing that I had to oh, go man. through. And then after that, I developed OCD, which was something that I really struggled with. Right. So I know that there is like kids out there as well that like as dancers might be going through grief or maybe they've lost a parent or a sibling and that can really change your dance journey and how you experience things. And for me, that was a big part of like losing confidence because I kind of just like lost faith in everything, if that makes sense. But I didn't realize that losing faith would then mean that I would lose faith in myself. It was kind of this universal thing. So this was the whole journey that I had to go on. And I just always wanted to help like kids and teens who are struggling and going through different things. So as I've come to the end of like my professional dance life and knowing, right, I can't just keep turning up at the airport until I'm 50 and being like, hey, I'm back. Can I come on stage? I'm back. So I'm going to have to like transition out of this career at some point. (laughs) So I've been in two minds about going back to become a teacher. And then one of my other dance friends who is an SNA, a special needs assistant, was like, Rachel, you should do this training. It's not that long. You're really good at it. And it'll give you a really good chance to see if you like being in a school environment. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So I actually work in a special needs school with teens. And it just gives me such a sense of like purpose. I didn't realize how much I would fall in love with it, how much I would fall in love with the kids and I know the importance of having someone in your life who is like strong and stable compassionate caring like for me when I was going through all of that as a kid experiencing grief like my dance teacher was that for me her name's Terry Lafferty Terry if you're listening to this like I appreciate you thank you so much for being there for me and yeah I just know how powerful that is for dancers yeah and that's so nice. I did. I didn't know that about you. And wow, what a what a journey that was. And now I understand the roller coaster a bit more. <laughs> and I feel like I'm holding back my tears right now. Well, you said about maybe taking it out, and it's up to you. But I feel like there's probably a lot more dancers experiencing some of those feelings that you spoke about than we know. Um, mm-hmm. A few that I know already have sprung to mind that I actually know personally that would feel like they definitely would get something from hearing somebody else say that. And also, I don't know, I know you well enough to know that reach out to Rachel if you feel like you feel like that at at any point because, well, she's told you very clearly right there. (laughs) Help dancers. She wants to help anyone that feels like that or is going through anything similar. So it's so interesting that the way you said about that sort of triggered this obviously loss of faith in everything because it's like what I can understand that but then that mm-hmm. becoming deep rooted inside of you um which yes is, it, it, well at nine years old that's kind of a coping mechanism isn't it I suppose um exactly and if we can be and I know I've had a lot of messages in well, a lot of but a few messages in the past just saying like my dancer has been or my daughter has been through 
this, this and this. And Move With Meg has been a constant for them. Maybe they couldn't get to dance class. Maybe their parents are spending a little bit more time um, helping grandparents out or things like that. We we are very passionate about having that safe space. We like to think we're easy to approach and come and speak to and that dancers feel comfortable chatting to us, whether it's me, whether it's Annabelle, whether it's Rach. I think that's really nice to share. And I think that thank you for sharing that because that's obviously a big thing for you and a big, a, a huge part of your life. But I think that's a really valuable thing that you've shared. So thank you for that. I feel I feel honoured. <laughs> no, but I think that's also like another really important reason why you should never compare your journey to anyone else's. Like if I had to compare myself to you yeah. in competition, you know, like we have two very different lives. We've been through very different things. Yes. We've struggled with different things. Like everyone has their own journey, their own timeline, their own pace. and like as we've talked about what success and dance meant for me was different to what it meant for you as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of dancers and kind of like what you said, you didn't really have a goal of reaching certain things in competition, but other people had those goals for you. How do exactly you that shapes dancers? I feel like I hear that a lot and dancers then when I ask them their own goals, they don't know the answer. They haven't had again the opportunity to create their own goals. Exactly. And it comes back down to that why again, that like we kind of discussed at the start, like why do you really, really want this? And like you have to ask yourself why a couple of times until you get right down to the root of that thing. Yeah. And again, it's always to do with the feeling. You're seeking a feeling out of something. For me, it was like the confident thing I thought I was going to feel like I was on top of the world, but I didn't. Like I had to figure that out for myself. But I've realised this a lot more now. I was seeking um, approval. In- ah, okay. And this, it sounds like, um, it sounds like I am, uh, what's the word? Like criticising my parents, but I know that they only do this because they want me to be better. And I also know okay. that they this is the only the way that they were brought up. So they know no different in a way. But I would do something like win a championship, win something. And in the car, it would be, well, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And you didn't do this. There was never a, wow, that was really good today. I'm really proud of you. And it always was there. That's not to say they didn't say it. But the first thing was always, you could be better at this rather than and we're we're a lot more aware now of how those things impact younger people, I think, as a whole. Uh-huh. But I still, to this day, find myself seeking that. I, and I've spoken to my parents about it. I've been to therapy and been through this. And, I, and my mom still really struggles to say it out loud. And we've got to the point of, I'm like, just say it out loud. <laughs> card, and I'll cry my eyes out reading this card about how proud she is. But she can't, the words can't come out of her mouth. And that's because of her own upbringing. But I still seek that now as an adult in of my life. And it's so interesting to see that that comes from, or that was what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for a world title. Yes, I was at one point. But the rooted reason uh-huh. why is because if I get this world title, she'll say I'm so proud of you. Or they were, it's, it's yeah, it's way deeper it's- say. It's so fascinating. Like, I think human behavior is just so fascinating as well, isn't it? I think that's why we got on so well. We're like, should we get in? 
<laughs> to have a meeting and it's like, right, we'll just have this five minute meeting to go over this and make sure you've got all your things in line. And then next minute she's therapizing me and I'm like, <laughs> oh, we're so deep down this hall of chatting. I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> Final little bits. And these are usually quite hard questions. What is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? Whenever I think of that question, like nothing immediately springs to mind. There's nothing that I'm like, that's it. This has changed my life. But this was something my mom taught me, which was really important. And that it's everything works out for a reason. And I have lived by those words my whole life. Yes. It has like, it's always given me the ability to like expand my perspective on things. There's a to see that like just because right now it's not making sense doesn't mean that like there isn't something better for me yeah. in store that you know I shouldn't give up just because I essentially feel that this work didn't work out like yeah. and it it's always just kept me going yeah I so yeah everything that. happens for a reason and I think it it's very easy to say it to someone isn't it when they're in this hole of being upset or they didn't get the world qualifying space. They were the next one to the medal, like everything else. Mm -hmm. They come back and they tell you it in the future. They come back and they tell you it themselves. Like how many experiences have, has that happened to you? I was even thinking it when you were talking about Lord of the Dance and then you said that you had mm -hmm. complications with your health and you ended up on medication. If you were away on tour, would you have been able to see the doctor and got the medication and been like, so like was... The fact that you were at home meant to be like that ran absolutely when you were mm -hmm. saying that. <laughs> so it's interesting. And then it's so this is this is kind of a cop out. We'll see if it's a cop out. <laughs> My question then is what is your one overall piece of advice then for young competitive Irish dancers that are looking to reach their goals? This is something that is like the biggest lesson I've learned. And it's that it's just because you feel doesn't make you a failure. Thank so like you. everything that you go through is part of like success. It's a step towards success. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's it. Like you can do it. If you have a dream, it's because something deep down within you knows that you can achieve it. Yeah. It knows that it's possible for you. And there might be a couple of lessons that you need to learn along the way but it's okay you'll figure it out and if you need help ask for help loads of people want to see you thrive whatever that is just ask for help and support from people yeah I love that and I think like again bringing it back to other podcasts I've li listened to within like the high performance podcast where you're listening to really high achieving individuals all of those messages all of their stories have one main thing in common and it's that they failed and failed and failed and failed and failed until they learn all the lessons enough to get to where they actually were meant to be. And that's definitely part of my story. Like I didn't make Move With Meg to what it is today without failing at so many things along the way and doing so many things wrong and missing sessions. People are about for that today. I forgot a session this morning because I hadn't, I was doing 90 things and I forgot to put the new time in my, like we fail all the time. That to me is failing today because I've let somebody down, but I will put a new system in place and I will learn from it and I'll make sure it doesn't happen next time. Exactly. Like life is such a feedback. Yeah. If it's not trying to reaffirm that like, oh, you failed at this, it means you're a failure. It's like, 
hey, you have to work on this thing if you want to get to the next step. That's it. Yeah. And and I think that's that's a really good message. I like the way you put it across as well. You have a such a really nice way of, I don't know, like saying things. I see. I wanted to make it sound nice then, but I couldn't. <laughs> I, I get Thank you. But like even I used to be so terrified of speaking like as the shyest person ever. So the fact that I can actually put my words across right now is like a huge part of like my own personal growth and development as well. So well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> well, so thank you so much. I feel like that's going to have helped so many dancers across so many different levels, maybe even parents, um, dance teachers. So if you have listened to this and you enjoyed it, please send us a message. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was, what you liked the most. If you've got any ideas of any other people you'd like to hear from on the podcast as well, or any things you'd like to hear us talk about, discuss, any experiences you want to hear any more about, because we're here to help you. And if these conversations are going to help one person, we're doing well. So um, share it with your friends, share it with other dancers, and we will see you on the podcast about again very soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Rach. Thank you. And thank you for letting me share my dance story as well. Like it was such a special moment for me. Thank Always. you. Always. Thank you. Have a good evening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Meg Talks. Don't forget to share your favourite parts of the episode and tag us on Instagram at movewithmeg with two Gs. And as a special treat, head to movewithmeg.co.uk forward slash Day Warm Up to access your free video. See you next time.